2: You built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? This
3: is the
1: stupid cancer show. Uh oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Because he has a lot
3: of chutzpah. <laughs> Hello there, children. Hey, hey, kids. <laughs> People
2: seem
4: to like me because
2: I am polite and I'm rarely late.
4: And now the hosts of the Stupid Cancer Show, Lisa Bernhard and Matthew Zappi. Woo-hoo! Not that there's anything wrong
3: with us Oh,
2: yeah.
0: Monday, December 5th. And welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, with the voice of young adult cancer. I'm Matthew Zachary, a 15-year young adult survivor of pediatric brain cancer. And I'm Lisa Bernhard, 16-year young adult breast cancer survivor, and we're your hosts for the Stupid Cancer Show. It's not okay. It's not okay. That 72,000 young adults are diagnosed with cancer each and every year. So, got cancer? Under 40? Sucks, huh? Time to get busy living, folks, because the Stupid Cancer Show is changing the world. One chemo infusion at a time.
1: Tonight's show, it's a great one, folks. Scott Hamilton, Olympic gold medalist skater, Scott Hamilton, and the Cleveland Clinic, world-renowned Cleveland Clinic. Scott will be joining us. He is, of course, a two-time survivor of pituitary brain tumor and testicular cancer. Matthew, you don't have that on to your testicular cancer. And he is a four-time world figure skating champion, four-time national champion. We're thrilled he's going to be here tonight. We're I talk can to that. Us. You can? Yeah. Really? Ice Can you skate backwards?
2: I can, no.
0: I can skate on my ass.
1: That's Yes. That I believe. He'll be with us here tonight. He's going to tell us all about his Fourth Angel mentoring program out of the Cleveland uh, Clinic, which is terrific. Joining us from Fourth Angel, Trent Thomas. He's a young adult survivor of testicular cancer. And Erin Shaw. She's a survivor of Hodgkin's lymphoma, both with Fourth Angel. And kicking it off in the Survivor Spotlight, Charlie Luffman. Young adult survivor, osteosarcoma, singer-songwriter, one-man show, does it all. He's going to be performing live here in studio.
0: Writer and producer of the show, Made Me Nuclear. The Stupid Cancer Show is a production of the I'm Too Young for This Cancer Foundation. Online at stupidcancer.com. Anytime, any day, 24-7, 365. We are not your father's cancer society. No. We are bringing the cause of cancer under 40 to the national spotlight. What is this like, Uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? (laughs) Like (laughs) monopoly. So, welcome aboard to the fun and exciting Run to the Hay on tonight's Stupid Cancer Show, where remission is not a cure and survivorship is all that matters.
1: And a Stupid Cancer welcome to any and all of our first time listeners here on the Blog
0: Talk Radio Network and on iTunes
1: as we broadcast live from the Chemo Deck, our fabulous studio right here in downtown Manhattan.
0: And a final reminder, folks the Stupid Cancer Show has a live interactive chat room during every show. We invite you to join in the fun, connect with our friends, and ask questions of our guests. And with that, we, we give ourselves applause. <laughs> a round of applause for you and me. <laughs> and no like one else. We like to do every yes, week. Exactly. A, job, if, a job well done. It, yes. ha-
1: it has to be canned, of course, because there's nobody here to actually applaud us live, Kenny we can We can
0: hire, like, hobos. For James,
1: us. you're the intern. At Mr. least you could do James is applaud Manning. us.
0: James Manning. <laughs> <Stockler>. <laughs> Look at the
1: lackluster Thank applause James, from the intern.
0: James doesn't like menial tasks. We haven't get water before, so.
1: Yeah. James doesn't understand why he hasn't been promoted to CEO. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's coming soon, my son. How are you, James? Oh, yeah. Uh, James, where's the mic? Charlie's stealing the mic. Get with it. He's hogging the mic.
5: It's all Charlie's
0: fault. Okay. How are you, James? I'm good. How are you? How, where you been? Where have I been? Um, sleeping for the most part. Don't you yeah. have, like, finals or something? Uh, yes, supposedly, but uh, I, I just can't even think that far in advance. Aren't they, like, tomorrow? Uh, no, they're next week. Okay. That's why he's sleeping now in <laughs> preparation. No, yeah. Chris-
5: Christmas is tomorrow. Right. The
0: Speaking of Christmas, um, every radio station is now playing endless Christmas music. They were before Halloween. No, no well one of only plays Christmas music between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Wait. Right. Right. Only nonstop play
5: it. Non stop. Are we pretending for a second that you listen to anything besides Ten Ten Wins?
0: <laughs> <sighs> NPR. Okay. NPR. Oh. No, but when, when I'm in the car with Jess, she wants to hear Dominic the Donkey, so Who who's that? You don't Who know that those? stupid song? No. Kenny, cue Dominic the Donkey on YouTube. Yep. Is that well, the sort like, of South Park go Christmas the song board. or something? It's like a Christmas, Brooklyn Christmas song.
5: Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> it's a. It's like if Tony Soprano sang a Christmas song. It's a local thing. Gotcha. Yeah, anyway. So,
5: um, break
1: both your kneecaps on Christmas kind, kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Grandma got run over by reindeer oh, yeah. on purpose. Right. <laughs> right it's,
5: it's been flagged on YouTube as lame, so I, I can't <laughs> play it. Thank
0: you, Kenny. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, we get a lot of people in the chat room tonight looking forward to hearing from Scott and our crew and from Charlie.
2: Yeah.
0: I wanted to kick tonight off by uh, talking about uh, we did an experiment on Facebook yesterday, actually, um, at 3.29 p.m. in the afternoon. I asked the following of our community. So, what are some of the stupider things people have said to you when they learned that you had cancer? Quote, we'll be reading them anonymously on the show tomorrow night. End quote. So, 96 people submitted responses. We clearly cannot go through all 96 right now. But Lisa, if you want to pull it up, I'm going to scroll down with you. But let's just start with some of these because here it's like the David Letterman top 10 list gone wrong. Some of the stupider things people have said when you learn when they learn that you have cancer. So if someone was told Someone was told my dad, what a great-looking boy you have there because her chemo and she had no hair. All right. That's a good one. Um, I'd be cured if I just accepted Jesus. Um, Uh, Will you lose all your hair? Uh, My answer, but I get to live. Uh, So, do you get pot with your cancer? Uh, You'll be fine. You're a strong person. Going through chemo will be nothing. At least you caught it early. What did you do to catch your cancer? Uh, They found a virus that kills breast cancer. Just get that one. My uncle, cousin, friend got cancer, and they didn't lose their hair. You look really sick. Why are you so pale? Oh, my God, you're going to die? My aunt had cancer on her face. You just had a mole. You'll be fine. I, good,
1: you're doing a very nice dramatic reading yeah, of these, you are. Matthews. Yeah?
0: Yeah. I heard cancer makes you lose your hair. The sooner you start chemo, maybe the less hair you'll lose. Here's a good one. Should I jump in here? Yeah, go ahead.
1: That's a really nice tan you got there. And then this person says, I live in Ohio, it's the beginning of December, and it's not a tan. I just went through a month of radiation. And then the person, then he gets a reply, well, at least you can pull off the bald look. I right. would never come outside if I
0: were you. Oh, I got this one. I got, Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Really, I've been diagnosed with a rare cancer six times in my young adult life for a reason? I'd love to know what that reason is. Perhaps the same reason babies come out of the womb with retinoblastoma. All right, all right. I'm sorry. We hopefully (laughs) I'm so sorry. Well hopefully you won't die or anything.
1: yeah, so, oh, here's here's a good one. Uh, let's see. Someone said that he could relate to what I was feeling, my stage four diagnosis, because he had been really disappointed in the past by sports injury. <laughs> someone else said that cancer is caused by negative feelings. Wow. So if I just have a few more positive feelings, I can get out of what I caused. Happy, happy,
0: joy, joy. Yeah, happy, after, happy. I
1: was, after I was told I had no evidence of disease, another friend said, so what are you going to change to make sure you don't get cancer again? Uh, I'm someone who's very healthy and didn't have any risk factors, blah, 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 blah. And let's see, when my white blood counts were dropping like a stone from chemo, my neighbor told me about a friend who had gotten an infection while on chemo, was admitted to hospital within hours of getting a fever, and died the same day.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Just to reassure me that Wait. somebody else with a low count had died the same day. <laughs> Here's this,
0: one. Are you sure you're getting the chemo? That's right for you. You're not losing any weight. <laughs> this this one may take the the cake, Matt. Which does, your high, does your husband mind that you had a d- double mastectomy? Does your husband know you had a double thing? No, does he, mind? Oh, does he mind? Because
1: it's all about him. Yes. If it would if if, if we were gonna get really pissed off that you lost your breath, that was good, that would be upset. Here's someone else says, Leukemia she was told leukemia is the best kind of cancer. We've heard that, leukemia is the best kind of cancer to get. Just drink cranberry juice.
0: Here's one. When I told somebody I had cancer, they said, Already? <laughs> yes, I've gotten cancer by the time I'm twenty. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, here, a splen that causes cancer. Don't you eat a lot of that? <laughs> no, mom. But thanks for trying to help me figure out what I did to cause breast cancer and melanoma.
1: Somebody else said was told my son has a pot supplier, so just let me know if it gets to that point. Oh boy. Well, that's pretty good, all things considered.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's
1: not an endorsement. Oh, oh, oh god. my god, this
0: was horrible. You're still here? I thought you died.
1: <laughs> that's so horrible.
0: Yeah. Somebody
1: okay. else says, I was once asked, quote, since you don't have to do chemo, is it really cancer?
0: Right. That's right. That's no, right. I'm
1: faking it. It's a knee slapper. Oh,
0: boy. Okay. Yeah, these um, are pretty amazing. <laughs> oh, here's one. Well, at least you're still so young. Yeah. It's a good kind of cancer to have when you're young. Love yeah, these. it's a good, yeah. I love that I started from the top, you started from the bottom, and like we've done like a third of them. There's like yeah. 96 of these folks. It's amazing.
1: The last one down here, an acquaintance said to uh, this woman, was it malignant? She said, yes. And the acquaintance said, oh, that's good.
0: <laughs> Get a
1: dictionary, folks. Look it up. <laughs> malignant does not equal good. Anyway, yeah. Here,
0: someone told me a story about when his daughter lost her hair during chemo. It flew off her head and out an open in the open car window. Why would you tell us that someone just started chemo? <laughs>
5: These are all over on our Facebook page. Yes. If
0: you'd like yeah. to check them out. Facebook.com slash stupidcancer. Wait, we've got up to like two or three more. Cause this we, is we, live to, we live
1: up to the stupid cancer yeah. name
0: tonight with this one. Well, I we usually
1: was, do anyway, but
0: I was told calls. by someone that I just met that knew someone who had ovarian st- cancer stage four and got rid of it by changing her diet rather than doing chemo or surgery. Yeah, right. Mm. Oh, here's this one. Um, <laughs> girl, I don't know how you do it. You're strong. If it was we had to curl up in a corner somewhere. Right. My God. God. Uh, oh, yeah, Another one. Well, we said this before. There's three of them. You don't look sick. What's wrong with you? You don't look sick enough.
1: I also had uh, friends and people who would, like, smoke cigarettes in front of in me. In front of you, yeah. You know, just right after the diagnosis. I mean, don't you think there's maybe a sensitivity chip that's missing there? Oh, here's
0: one. Well, I hope it wasn't your long hair that made your husband attracted to you.
1: <laughs>
0: that's so bad. Who are these people?
1: Oh,
0: man. Maybe we should compile these for a book. We really should. Yeah. This is definitely a book or a Tumblr feed waiting to happen. Kenny, go ahead. Make a Tumblr feed tomorrow. No, you'll be done in like an hour and a half. You'll be Maybe 20 minutes.
1: Yeah.
0: This is a great Tumblr feed. Have it done before the end of the show. Stupidcancerquotes.tumblr.com. Go for it. We'll do it. We'll make a million people on there. It'll be amazing. Oh, boy. Well, anyway, um, we are at the point in our show. We are ready to introduce our live in-studio guest. And I told him he'd be Rickrolled, and he's going to get Rickrolled. I met this guy years and years and years ago, we're old friends. Singer, songwriter, and cancer survivor Charlie Lesman is on a mission to make cancer survival popular. I guess with all these comments, people tend to think it's a good thing to have. And what better way to it than with a collection of songs Charlie wrote under following his recovery from a rare sarcoma in his upper jaw? That's a great place to get cancer when you're a musician. With a prosthetic replacement, Charlie has been performing Made Me Nuclear, his pop operetta about surviving cancer at cancer centers, conferences, and fundraisers nationwide and coming to a town near you in 2012, right before the mines destroy the earth. You can learn more about Charlie's mission at mademenuclear.com. Please welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show. Charlie Lessman. Hi, Charlie. Hello. Thank this, you for having this me.
1: It's just great that we're really having a kind of coffeehouse vibe lately with no, a lot of our
3: shows. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. Do you I feel like that it. way, Charlie? It feels good, and that's where I'm comfortable.
1: As a performer? Yeah. This is a, this is a creative vibe for you Intimacy, here? Intimacy,
3: you know, directness. Nice. You know, I'm not behind a piece of glass or something like that. I know. met Charlie in like '06 or 07 maybe. Yeah, it was 07. And it was like the day before
0: I flew to Los Angeles for some business. And he's like, dude, my play is playing at the Santa Monica Playhouse. It was opening weekend. You can go opening weekend. It just so happened that I'm in L.A. during opening weekend of his operetta, and I went to go see it, and it was was extraordinary. Packed house. I met his mom and his dad. Thank Thank you for
1: being there. That was cool. Matthew's raved about it. Yeah. Very
3: nice. Very nice.
1: And your guitar... Cradled there, nestled the as it guitar. is, is a really beautiful, it is the love guitar. You've got peace symbols. It's very colorful. Yeah. There's a woman that you're stroking who's yeah. on the guitar, on the face of the guitar. All right. She's calm. W- calm down. Yes. <laughs>
3: you, have to, you,
1: have to, you have to stroke that much. <laughs> Settle down now. Yeah. Uh-huh.
3: Well, you know, I, I go into hospitals, and I go to a lot of children's hospitals, so walking in with a, you know, Painted right hippie guitar makes people feel happy before they it does actually hear me sing. <laughs> and things could change, but they don't. I take it to a level to make them all. Who did that feel artwork? On actually, your the son of the guy who created Felix the Cat, Don Arolio, is that right? Made this guitar. Yeah. So uh-huh. I'm I'm really I had to find the right guitar for this tour of the world. Something that I can you know you're going to play guitar and do this for people going through cancer sure. and families and friends and so forth. I had to find the right guitar, and there it was at the Guitar Center in Hollywood, California, uh, around the corner. It was like, oh, ah! light shining on it. I was that, like, that big, that's really that's
1: cool. That's the Guitar Center is like the really
3: big. Yeah, there's like five thousand cool guitars in there. That yeah. everybody, yeah, yeah I'm where everybody plays place. like "Stairway to Heaven" on their... Sure, you know,
1: but, I'm yeah. doing that by that but I, a But it
3: was really important to get the right guitar to match um, what I wrote, because what I wrote is a chronological order of everything that happened to me from diagnosis through everything from the surgery to getting scanned and, you know, just over and over again. Your
1: rock opera made me me nuclear.
3: Yeah, it takes you through the journey coming out on the other side better than you were before you started, or at least you realize how appreciative you are about life right now because, you know, we could both all go out into the street and die instantly. So it really is about appreciating now that is what my work is all about. Well, what resonated with me when I first
0: met Charlie and heard about the operetta was that I remember my friends talking about stupid comments Someone legitimately asked me if I could pick up paper clips because I had so much radiation, and of course I wanted to say yes. But the idea of his show called "Made Me Nuclear" is is just it's so poetically appropriate for tonight's theme. And, again, what I went through
3: with uh, just ignorant people asking stupid questions. So, Well, they did come with me, uh, come at me with this, like, three-inch syringe when they were going to scan me for the first time, and that's where the whole idea for maybe nuclear came, because this Russian woman was like, I will inject you with the fluid. You know, she was in, like, a metal suit. And I'm like, what is that? You know? And it had, like, radiation symbols on, the like, the thing that she – so they literally radiated me and then put me through the machine so that I would glow and I would, right. you know, they would see everything. You from know, I actually –
1: I had actually blocked this, but you're reminding me now, too. I remember getting the bone scan and mm. having the sign on the door and that said, uh, yeah. you know, beware, nuclear, nuclear medicine happening here was exactly with yeah. that symbol. And I thought, yeah. what is this, the China
0: syndrome? Well, no, no, it was this scary. Is, like, it was really scary. My, my favorite term, someone told me this. I never thought about putting these together before. Someone said my, their favorite term for the room in which you get radiation is the fallout shelter. Your favorite term is the fallout shelter. No, they said that the the, the 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 room that you right get, the room that you go in because the door is eleven feet thick. Yeah, right. and everyone leaves. Yeah. except you inside, right. and there's yeah. the radiation symbols yeah. all over the place. Yeah. So, Charlie, what oh, are you yeah. going to play for us tonight, Charlie? Well,
3: I wanted to you know kind of tell you the story of what happened to me because they they sawed my jaw off twice because they didn't get it out. You the don't first need a jaw. We've
0: gone over this in the yeah, show. how many know, things to you get rid of? and Yeah,
3: I, I just wanted to you know not have to eat out of a straw for the rest of my life. So. I did get a replacement jaw, and I did need my jaw. What's
1: your jaw made out of?
3: It is uh, uh, titanium. Titanium and some kind of wax material. Wait. So what do you? What happens Drain. at airports? What wax. happens at airports? Oh, it happens, and they always stick that thing up to my face, and I'm like, you know, and if they really push me, I take it out and freak everyone out.
5: And
1: then I'm you have like, to drink okay, your own breast milk. Give me a
3: tray. I'll take <laughs> out my jaw. Yeah, it is it is it it gets me into interesting situations. But it's great because what I'll do is I'll sing for people and you know I kind of look okay. Yeah. I mean from a guy who had his jaw sawed off. Can't and tell then at all. I yeah, and then I take my prosthetic out and everyone's like oh, And then you whoa. freak
4: everybody out. Yeah,
3: and I'm kind of bummed cuz my holiday just passed, you know, Halloween. you know, <laughs> I never buy candy cuz the children like
4: it. <laughs> they run
3: from my doorway. It's great. It's, no, no. Uh, well, you want me to take my job uh, later no. at the end? At no, it's the a end. radio show. you'll, think, no one's differently. No, you'll except... think differently of me afterwards, so I want to wait. We don't,
1: don't... have visuals here for but the people. But let me sing
3: you a song about what happened to me. It's called, um, gee, it's called Surreal to Me. They read my pathology, and they planned my max elect to meet for Monday. And I swear it was so bizarre when I opened up my eyes, I couldn't say. Mm, anything to anyone Cause my jaw was closed from what they'd done Thank God my wife was next to me Or I'd have gone quite mentally Oh man, it's so surreal to me We slept in an old hotel to be close to when they Told us if they got it all And I limped through the gardens Like a movie star from 1949 Thinking of my life and my children, will I still be there for them? Thinking of my wife and my friends, and will I ever sing again? Oh man, it's so surreal to me, mm-hmm. this life that we've got, because one day you are in control, then suddenly you're not. Mm, na na na-na-na, na-na-na, na So they took me back to lay, back on the table with the fancy clothes they gave me. Mm, cause they said the story, it wasn't over, till the villain, he was gone. We had to wait again, so patiently, and we held each other endlessly, until they called us back to say they see, the cells inside were cancer-free. Oh man, it's so surreal. To me, mm-hmm. this life we've got it, because one day you are in control and suddenly you're not. Mm-hmm. And he said, Well, I hope you're feeling better soon so we can start your treatment right away. You see, we want to make sure so We planned a year of chemo For your birthday Hey, hey, hey Now the world is a hotter place They tell us it's a state of global warming Oh, and they fight in the Middle East Like they used to do a thousand years ago Oh, oh I see now everything so differently I thought I knew where I would be But something else from up above can't take away the things you love. Oh man, it's so surreal to me mm, this life that we've got because eh, one day you are in control, then suddenly you're not Oh one day you are in control then suddenly, you're not. Thank you. You're not. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na.
0: I can't be that spontaneous.
3: Well, I threw it at you.
0: Charlie Lustman. Uh, Charlie
3: Lustman gets a lot terrific. A lot of A guy with Half a jaw, not bad, right? I was going to say, you know, yeah. most
1: people with their actual real jaws are not at that adept verbally as you just were well, with you know that what, song. Well,
3: what doesn't kill you does make you sing better. You know, I've heard that. <laughs> you I'm just know. lucky that it didn't fly out of my mouth yeah. I should be Pavarotti. In the face. Because you're pretty close. That would have been... Kind of neat. neat. Yeah, maybe. I, I, There's a disclaimer at the maybe. show, people who right. sit in the front row. I didn't to sign that waiver. It, He's like Gallagher. It me, you know. I didn't, right.
1: <laughs> Either a yeah. giant watermelon or his jaw yeah. smashing to
0: bits in front of you.
3: <laughs> nice, nice, nice,
1: People are too young for this to remember Gallagher. Yeah, just and you and I, I, Matthew. Yeah,
3: we are with yeah. the buddies. We are. Buddies. So this is the idea. The idea is to sing about the experience so that I can empathize with people, you know? Right. And that's really the magic of what's been happening, that I didn't know it would happen this way. But as I started to go into cancer centers and just sit there, I mean, I was in, in Philadelphia at Fox Chase uh, just two days ago, and I'm in the lobby, and I'm sitting with people. I'm just singing these songs, like, just hanging out, like, hey, <laughs> I, they're, they're telling me their story, and I'm like, yeah, they read my pathology, and they planned my maxillectomy <laughs> for Monday, you know? And they're just like, this guy's out of his mind. Yeah. <laughs> and then I pull out my jaw in the lobby, like to show everybody because they were like just they couldn't believe that you know and 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 all then of the sudden, fox chase before, loses all their patience. Oh no all no no, no! It went over well. It went over well. I mean, some of the kids kind of freaked out, but before they walked in for their appointment, they're already like in a different totally different head. I know it's amazing. And it worked. So it cool. Charles, oh, did you so that's write what music? I'm doing.
0: Did you write music before you were sick?
3: Yeah, I was always a songwriter, but then I opened a business for five years, got sick, and almost died because hard work does kill you. <laughs> Well, it's
1: true. You've it worked has, very hard at is. your at your music. Yeah, and be, because yeah. And proof of that is that you, I'm sure, the only person who's ever rhymed maxillectomy. Yeah, in a song, never been done before, never Thank can you. be done again. Appreciate that. You hold that unique distinction, I'm sure. Yeah, it's like rhyming done, like
3: palindromic, and I do like yeah. writing lyrics. That's a big thing. Yeah, very music. So do. where did
1: you work for five years?
3: I opened the only silent cinema in the world in Hollywood called the Silent Movie Theater, and well, I ran silent films with live music.
1: That's, That's right. amazing. Well, yeah. now, n- n- yeah. now with the artist
3: out, yes. this is
1: your time, maybe. Uh, again. <laughs>
3: Missed it. Missed, Missed it. it. No, I could, didn't. Could, I, d- I brought back the, the art form, but then I wasn't making any money, so yeah. I started renting it. And what were the films that, that you, you were showing? Oh, my God. He, all the Chaplin, Keaton, Lloyd's, uh, Laurel and Hardy's, Swanson, Valentino. Buster Keaton? Oh, yeah, Buster was number one. Better than was Charlie was Chaplin. Number one. Uh, he kind of blew him away, but Charlie's always like, I gave him work. Yeah. So it was a good run, but you know what? I got... I got cancer during that run, sold the business, went through cancer college, graduated, mm-hmm. that's how I look at it. I'm yeah. a graduate, lucky graduate of cancer college, and then wrote this opera because I just knew that there's got to be something here. I can't just die. I just can't. But I begged Not to an stay. Option. I did beg to stay, and God was like, oh, why you? I mean, like, I got kids. So what? I take who I take when I take them. I'm like, okay, fair enough. I'll figure it out. So two months later, I went to this very positive mental seminar with a bunch of cancer patients who were told, sorry, you're not going to make it. Their opinion, of course. And we all went there and had this big positive thing. And in the middle of the night, in, on the grounds of this old monastery in Montecito, I woke up and I went into this church in the middle of the night. Candles were lit everywhere. And there's this huge sculpture of Jesus, like huge. And I'm not a very religious guy, but I definitely got closer to God when I got diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, okay, buddy, I get it. You brought me in here. You woke me up. You have a message for me. Give it to me, baby. Give it to me. And I get nothing. And I'm waiting and I'm a little frustrated. But but because I did a positive mental seminar, I'm like, okay, turn the frustration into a possibility. So I'm like, look for the sign. And I look under his feet and there's a blanket covering a piece of furniture i take the blanket off and there's a piano
4: Ah. and i sit down at the
3: piano i look up at jesus and i'm like you are good i mean that is really that's That's clever i'm a piano player and out comes the first lyrics to what is now made me nuclear and i ran back to my room and i'm like god you know he's like it's a little late i'm like i know it's a little late but i got it you've got what i got the reason why i get to stay i'm gonna write a pop opera i'm gonna go into theater i'm gonna make cancer survival popular that when people get cancer they're gonna think of Made Me Nuclear, or something just, you know, distracted to like, oh yeah, cancer, this crazy guy's songs. I don't know, just a diversion. He Townsend, and be know, damned. Something like Forget that. Forget about Tommy. Yeah. Ah. And yeah. so then it went into the hospitals, and now for the last five years, I've played pretty much all over the world, and I've got, a, I'm going to Kenya for World Cancer Day wow. in February. Nice. And my old like, job. Go, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Nice. And so, like, Going it's really starting to just pick up, this, this cut the edge off the and whole thing. And you live thing, in Maui. You, know? you live in paradise. I live in you Maui. You figured it out. I just decided you figured after it cancer, out. Yeah. I want to do what I love, yeah. and I want to live where I want to live. And, you know, I'm just following and my dreams. Yeah, so it's kind of, it feels good. Can I give you guys a little, uh, a little something? Well, we want to hear maybe nuclear. Oh, no, you can't do maybe nuclear, because that's backwards. I already got scanned. Those were the surgeries. Uh, so we're in chronological order now. I wanted to debut a new song for you, actually. Oh, go for it, dude. All right. But, the world, a world premiere? Yeah, it is, actually. I've never done this on radio before. But it is um it is kind of heavy. Is that okay, or should I just keep keep it light and keep rolling?
1: We can go you a little heavy. Me?
3: We can, because we, this is we can really handle about, that. This is about clinical trials. We can handle that. The clinical trial song by Charlie Wilson. Yeah, no, it, it it is a clinical trial song okay. actually. matt up the Xanax,
1: he's ready for heavy. No, this is okay. what's
3: really cool about what I'm doing, and it's kind of cool that this is happening. Is I'm sponsored by a biotech mm-hmm. who does clinical trials, and they send me around America to share hope with people, and I go to markets where those clinical trials are taking place. So at least you know there's some connection, and but I don't have to endorse anything, so it's great. Yeah. So it's really nice to be like able to do this with the help of biotech, which you wouldn't think they do that. So I wrote this clinical trial song at an investigator meeting in Barcelona, Spain, where scientists came from all over the world to learn about this new drug that they're doing. And, you know, they did learn the data, the protocol, and they had me sing to open up for 30 minutes to, to go to the right side of their brain which is really cool because they don't usually go there. They're all left-siders. Well, you know. hit
1: us with this because, again, I think this has to be the world's first song about clinical trials. Yes. I would imagine. It Let's is. go, Charlie. Yep. Do it. Charlie Lusman.
3: They say they don't know what there is to do. They say they've tried, but now it's up to you. I'm so afraid I can't think straight at all My head's been spinning since I got the call Hey, Mr. Investigator Do you have a way to save my life? Well, I would like to know today It's really hard to do what's not been done But if I don't, then who will be the one To have the strength to stand and face the fear So I can live and laugh another year Hey, Mrs. Investigator, do you have a way Save my life what well, I would like To try Today You see, I know there is no guarantee It's always been that way, you see It doesn't matter where you're at Cause change can happen just like that And life is such a fragile thing So we've got to live and laugh and sing and bless the skies from up above and hold the people that we love. Hey investigators, thank you for the chance to stay alive. Yes, I would like another day Me mm-hmm, mm-hmm, another day. Oh, pretty cool. Charlie Lussman. Thank you. Oh, that really got the studio audience, didn't it? That did. That got
1: Love everybody it. on their feet. So
3: that's, you know, you should have seen those investigators. Those are all the scientists and the doctors. They were like, uh, they, whoa. Yeah. You know, like they didn't expect that
1: I to imagine. happen at an
3: investigator meeting, which happened all over the world for right. pharmaceuticals who have to do these. And so we really got them. And the idea was that they would go back and have empathy for the people who come into their offices who don't have any hope that's why they're doing a lot of clinical trials or people are like sorry sure. you know we can't help you so try sure. a clinical trial well you know without them we wouldn't have what we do have in in medicine so they're important and that's,
1: and that's a beautiful thing. glad I got them. And you, you got right to them. Yeah, baby.
0: Well, Charlie, you're here for the rest of the show, so I wanted to thank you. And you'll probably take us out with me. I want to hear Made Me okay. Nuclear, so when We'll we, do we, it a,
3: We'll take it out with Made Me yeah, Nuclear. Yeah, we'll take it out with
0: Made Me Nuclear. Love but but uh, this is Charlie Lusman, everybody. Charlie gets thank another you. round of applause. Thank
3: thank you. You. Thanks, Thanks so much, Charlie. Me.
0: Thanks for having so me on the show, guys. So you're sticking around. I you're here. You'll be able to hear the show. And now thank it's time for the news. Hello, I'm Kent Brockman, and this is Eye on Cancer. Just the facts, ma'am. Again, no one knows I wrote this music. Back in college. You told us that last week, I know it. Oh, you know it. I remember. During this part of the stupid cancer show we announced to our listeners a whole bunch of newsworthy programs, events, and services that we don't want you missing out on. They're all free, they're all just for young adults with cancer. Things like conferences, happy hours, retreats, kayaking and mountain climbing trips, finance webinars, college scholarships, bar crawls, concerts, tweet-ups, support groups, and more. If you have something coming up that you would like us to spread the word about during this part of the show, please send us an email to info at stupidcancer.com. All right, everybody, head on over to events.stupidcancer.com,
1: your one-stop shop calendar for all of our social and educational events nationwide. Stay in the loop, because something could be happening in your neck of the woods, and we don't want you missing out. What's coming up, KK?
5: Tomorrow night we have a Stupid Cancer Happy Hour in Denver. Uh, Thursday night we have a we Spark Young Adult Meetup. Uh, Thursday, December 22nd, we have a stupid cancer heavy hour in Baltimore. Their first one in probably a very long time.
0: Baltimore, nice.
5: Uh, and that's pretty much it. As usual, lots of, of drinking.
0: Lots of drinking. Are we a cancer organization? <laughs> Kenny, what's your, what do you say? We're a yeah.
5: uh, drinking foundation with a cancer problem. There you go.
0: These stupid cancer forums have over 1,200 members. What? Keep going. This is your premier <laughs> online community to connect with survivors, patients parents and caregivers just like you. Visit stupidcancerforums.com and sign up with one click through Facebook.
1: All right, folks, we have about 20 slots remaining for Team Stupid Cancer, our official running team for the New York City Half Marathon. Got feet? Actually, with our crew, feet are optional. Guaranteed entry, well, guaranteed if you're the remaining 20. Right. Low fundraising minimums and help young adults fight stupid cancer. Visit TeamStupidCancer.com for more info on how to register.
0: It has been two weeks since registration opened for the 5th Annual OMT Cancer Summit for Young Adults in Las Vegas, and we are officially 50% booked. That's, That's right. Nice. Over two hundred and fifty people are headed to Vegas next spring to join five hundred of their fellow young adult survivors at the Palms Casino Resort at the most highly anticipated care event of next year. Says us. Also <laughs> check out the OMG Players Club, an exciting new fundraising challenge where you can earn us a six hundred dollars in travel reimbursement and even a brand new iPad. And that is your, your Stupid, stupid cancer, cancer News. news. Hey, this is Zach Efron and you're listening to the Stupid Cancer Show. Thank you, Zach. Yeah.
1: All right. Here he is. Bring it out, the beeps. Bring it out. Bring it out. Big one, folks. We are thrilled tonight to have on the Stupid Cancer Show, Scott Hamilton, U.S. figure skating icon, Olympic gold medalist, four-time world champion, four-time national champion, who went on to create, produce, and perform stars on ice, as well as work as a skating broadcast commentator. After losing his mother to cancer, Scott himself defeated testicular cancer, as well as two rounds with a pituitary brain tumor. He's a philanthropist, a tireless champion in the fight to see a cure for cancer in his lifetime. We're going to talk to him all about his fourth angel. What happened to the music there, Matthew? My bad. <laughs> You're bad. Fourth Angel and the Cleveland Clinic and all that he does to raise funds and awareness for cancer and make connections one-on-one, peer support. He makes his home in Nashville, Tennessee, the great city of Nashville, Tennessee, with his wife and two young sons. Please, big round of applause for Scott Hamilton. (laughs)
2: Scott. He's laughing at us already. That's great.
1: (laughs) We're thrilled to have you here. Thanks so much, Scott.
2: And well thanks for that introduction. Boy, that's just what I needed after a long day. Is, you know, I just want to tune into you guys every night, just give me that introduction and I'll be my, my <laughs> at the end of the day. That's great. Thank you. Well Thank you.
0: we are we are joined and flanked by two of your peers at um at uh, Cleveland Clinic with the fourth Angel Mentor program. Uh Trent and Aaron, you guys with us?
6: Yep. Yep, I'm here.
0: We got the Holy Trinity of Cleveland Clinic tonight.
6: <laughs> great.
2: Awesome.
0: So uh, let's just kick off the show by saying that that Lisa reminded me that you did something with Dorothy Hamill last year, so she's expecting a cage match
2: in 2012. (laughs) That'll never happen. No? (laughs) Come on. Uh, Dorothy's great. She's a cancer survivor as well. And, um, you know, we all kind of go our separate ways. It's a very small community, so we're all very familiar with what each other's doing in our lives. But,. You know, when when you get off the road a little bit and you kind of go separate ways, you know, it's kind of hard to catch up and keep up with people. And over the last few years, Dorothy and I, since her cancer and, and my survivorship, we, we've just, you know, our, our friendship has just really taken on um, a whole nother, uh you know, level. It's been great. And she, last year, she skated in the show and, and at the my annual CARES Gala, and, and this year she did as well. And so... Um, it's just great to have her as a survivor participate, and we had Cheryl Crow this year as our musical guest, and she's a cancer survivor as well. So right,
1: both of them. Both more of them and more breast of us cancer, out
2: right? there Yeah, both breast cancer. Yeah. Both breast cancer,
1: exactly. Well, that's terrific. Well, Scott, let's let's first talk about. Uh, let's go right to the Fourth Angel Program since we have the other two on the line as well at the Cleveland Clinic. Tell us about that. How it got started and what it is.
2: Well, you know, when I went through testicular cancer, I you know I was kind of half you know, kind of anticipating, you know, what I was about to endure, Um, you know, there's a big part of me that was really motivated and very, you know, kind of determined and and just trying to put on the biggest, bravest face I possibly could. And, you know, trying to be a responsible patient, you know, I went online and, and, uh, you know, I just tried to learn as much as I could about the illness. You know, when I asked my doctor about the chemotherapy, I, I said, how sick am I going to get? And he said, moderate to severe.
0: <laughs> mm. Well, that <laughs> goes on our list of stupid things people tell cancer patients.
2: Well, I mean, you no, know, what is that? You know, but it, it, <laughs> it, it became it became really aware, you know, apparent to me that um, you know that wow, there's a lot of stuff out there that I really would like to know to help me through this. That uh, a doctor as experienced and as much as I'm, re- I'm re- you know really relying on that person, they can't they can't give me the information or the support I really need. Going through this illness in the in the oncology nurse, you know, who's kind of like the second person there that's so important in your life. Um, they they can only tell you what they've seen and they can help you kind of navigate your your journey. And then friends and family are you know they're going to bring you you know chocolate chip cookies and tell you you know that you're really <laughs> doing well and you know but uh, no those it, chocolate it was, chip cookies it's all about the cookies isn't it great <laughs> I put on like twenty pounds but it was it was like it there was no one there that could kind of tell me what. To you know what to anticipate. Tell me you know what I'm actually going to endure and, and how I'm doing. You know and and I always as a skater, I always had role models. I always considered myself pretty coachable, and and you know I, I felt that was missing. You had your first three angels in your oncologist, your oncology nurse, and your friends and family, but there really needed to be that fourth angel. And that fourth angel is the person that's been there, done that, and can kind of be your mentor role model, life coach, however you want to, you know, categorize it. But they, they can, you know, tell you, you know, little things to look out for, um, you know, how to, you know, coping mechanisms. And they can, you know, be someone that you can talk to that actually has walked the walk and totally understands what you're talking about. So
0: we started
2: building this program, and it's and it's really it's it's doing incredibly well. And it's even been rolled out for caregivers, you know, so they can have their own uh, mentor or, and uh, it's just a phenomenal program. I'm really proud of its growth and its and its success.
0: And uh, so, Aaron and Trent, you guys are both uh, cancer survivors and you are, I believe, graduates of the 4th Angel Mentor Program. So let's start with Trent.
6: Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, I was diagnosed in uh, April of last year, so I'm a little over a year beyond treatment and doing very well. And I can definitely relate to what Scott was saying um, you know, you're pretty blindsided when you get a cancer diagnosis. You don't know what to expect. Your your world's turned upside down. You're thinking the worst. And uh, I didn't have someone to turn to through throughout my process, but I definitely would like to be that to someone going forward. And I think it's a great thing that what Scott is doing.
1: And, Trent, you were, you're were you 31 now, is that right? And you were diagnosed with seminoma, is that correct?
6: Yeah, I'm actually 33. I was diagnosed with seminoma at age 32. Same, same thing Lance Armstrong had. I believe the same thing that Scott had also. Seminoma. Yeah, that's right.
0: Okay. So you're both half nuts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? Together we're a set, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that's why they hang out. We'll be here all so week. Just, just <laughs> <your> <laughs>
0: away. Try the meal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Aaron, you are, you're Hodgkin's lymphoma, right?
4: That's right. I was diagnosed when I was 23, actually just before my 24th birthday, with stage 4B Hodgkin's Happy birthday. lymphoma. Yeah, it was it was a good year. <laughs> so um I'm actually just I just had my 10 year checkup and I'm I'm 10 years cancer free after chemo radiation and finally a stem cell transplant.
0: You get the applause for that one, sorry.
4: Thanks. <laughs> Scott, tell us also, what is, the,
1: is there a difference between actual seminoma and testicular cancer? Seminoma is a type of germ cell tumor. Is, there are two different types of cancers there. Can you explain well, that? I had a
2: germ cell, stage three germ cell uh, tumor in my in my abdomen. It's a malignancy, but it kind of went that far and stopped. And, uh, you know, all the blood markers were kind of off the charts and, and everything else. I mean, I, I've lived with, I guess, the, the disease for a long time and, and really wasn't, either aware of it or willing to admit that something probably wasn't right yeah um you know so i was you know, pounding my chest you know like a grill and kind of like look how tough i am <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden you know when i get this diagnosis it's like okay that's why i've been feeling like this for you know all these you know all this time and when did it start you know and you, you start to wonder how could i have caught this sooner and and you know, should I have been more vigilant? Yes. And, you know, should I have been more responsible about, you know, keeping up to, with my general health? Yes. You know, but, yeah. okay, all that, you know, put that aside. Now what do I have to do to, to get this out of my body? And it's a, it's an odd thing because, you know, a testicular cancer, when they told me I had testicular cancer, I was like, <laughs> Can it, anything else, please. No, really, <laughs> anything else. And they're like, why? And it's like, well, because like, I have to do interviews and talk about, <laughs> And you know, my guys, you know, I really don't want to do that or my guys. but it, it was like um and they said no, no if if you had to choose one, this is a good one because it's you know the treatment is eighty ninety percent um reliable effective and and you know what we can we can treat you for this and it's like, but still, I have to talk about it. Can, can, can it be anything else?
1: <laughs> well, I think that's <laughs> no. a great I think that's a great point. And when I'm thinking about hearing you say that possibly there was some denial there or not getting checked, I mean, I imagine, you know, you're an athlete. And you're not yeah. only an athlete, but, as you say, I mean, you're a public figure. So I imagine you had to be sort of struggling with that psychologically, I mean, to have your body betray you or feel like it's betraying you as an athlete. And then the added layer of... Everything that I do is under a microscope. I mean, how talk to us about how sort of that how difficult those components were for you?
2: Well, I mean, you know, anytime you know you can look to your left, you can look to your right. You know, I mean, anytime you know there there's a a, an attitude. I mean, there's there's an equal and opposite attitude that's probably going to serve you well. I mean, yes, I could look at my at my situation and say my body had betrayed me, or I could look at it and say my body has never let me down. Yeah. This is another thing that's gonna challenge it and um I know it'll it'll rise up to the occasion and 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 do well. You know, I mean it, it's all those things that so much of, of a cancer diagnosis and treatment is attitude. You know, so much of it is how you want to manage your uh you know, your day to day life and, and how you want to look at it, you know, and, and when I was diagnosed, you know, by publicists you know, you know, we we're talking. He goes, you guys, you got to do something. It's like, well, I really am not comfortable, you know, doing this publicly. out I'll, I'll give a, a, you know, kind of a, a statement, a broad statement of you know, where I am, but I really don't want to be doing like a blog or a day-to-day. Right. Here's what happened. You know, I just felt like that was self-exploitative and, and really kind of odd. You know, I, I needed to do this in my own way and. and uh, what came out of it was a quote: "The only disability in life is a bad attitude." And, and I and I firmly believe it. It was like I can do this unless I decide, you know, to change my attitude to being a victim or to feel, you know, sorry for myself or something like that. No, I have got to navigate this. I've got to trust my doctors. I've got to do my own math. I've got to get as much information as possible. And I I've got to you know find a way to hit that that tape with my chest stab at the end of chemotherapy on time, you know, and, and, and those were my goals. And to be the best patient they had, and, um, you know, that was another one of my goals was I was just going to try to every day participate in a really healthy and positive way to, you know, get through everything. But, you know, getting back quickly, I'm sorry, you know, Fourth Angel, yeah. there were so many things I didn't know that I, I could have, you know, I, I would have been better equipped for had I talked to somebody that had been through Sure. Um, you know the the treatment that I went through. You know I could handle. Okay, you're going to lose your hair. Well, you know <laughs> that was happening anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. You know, i was like, Gee. Oh, I'm going to lose my hair. <laughs> okay. Well, I've been losing my hair since I was 24 years old. <laughs> but um, it, and then you know what else? Well, and then you know you're probably going to be nauseous. Well, how do I manage that? You know, okay, is there anything I can do? Yeah. 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 But hey Scott,
0: I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just had a quick question here. Um, yeah. I mean, I had cancer in college. I was 21 years old. They gave me six months to live. It was brain cancer. And the biggest issue I faced is exactly what you're talking about, the need for peer support that's age-appropriate when you meet somebody who's gone through what you went through. My question, I guess, to the three of you, Trent Aaron, and you, and you, Scott, is when you graduate to become a mentor, where is the separation between the person you're mentoring knowing that you're not a social worker and you're not a nurse and how do they? How do you know what not to tell them and what to tell them and when to refer them out? Uh, what, what type of guidelines have you had to learn in sending up this type of program?
4: Well, I would say we're definitely not giving out any medical information, but I think that the patients aren't, that's not what they're looking for when they call us. I, I had the benefit of actually being mentored as a patient and now mentoring people. And, and what a, you're really looking for as a patient is, you know, someone who gets your chemo joke, someone who gets what it's like to not have your friends, you know, understand because this isn't something they've ever been through. Um, there's definitely advice that we receive as mentors on when to refer, but honestly I don't feel like that's what most of these patients are looking for. They're looking for someone who can relate to the day-to-day, you know, job of being a cancer patient.
6: And Trent? Yeah, for me too. One of the one of the toughest things was, um, you know, fighting the illness, going through the treatment, and then at the same time trying to maintain some sense of normalcy in my day to day life, and try to get through just the day to day things. And I, I think I'm a pretty good uh, resource for people that are are going through that now, as far as I've figured out who who can help, what associations are out there, and try to try to ease that process for people who are dealing with a lot already.
0: James you had a question? Yeah, Scott, this is James. Uh you're in Nashville. What what made you want to go to Cleveland and leave the city for all of your follow ups and all your chemo treatments instead of maybe going to Vanderbilt? And not to knock Vanderbilt, but what was the thought process?
2: Well, I was on the road with Stars on Ice. I was fifty cities into a sixty city tour and then after the sixty cities were over I was gonna go right up to um uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia and rehearse for a week for the tw- 12 city Canadian tour. So I was, you know, really, I was about two thirds of, you know, the way through a, you know, North American tour and I was diagnosed in an emergency room because I just really, I couldn't handle the, the abdominal pain anymore. I just wanted somebody to give me like tag or something, you know, just give me whatever <laughs> yeah. to give me back, you know, the feeling well while I'm trying to, you know, put on these ice shows. And, um, you know, the diagnosis I got in the emergency room was, we seem to have found a mass. It's either you know benign, malignant, or something else. If it were me, I'd get, take care of this right away. And I, I had, I had no clue what to do. I mean, I'm in Peoria, Illinois, and I don't know anybody there. I'm just there doing a show, and and so I got on the phone to, um, you know, kind of my closest friend, uh, who was my manager, who was, you know, the man who who started. Stars on Ice with me, Bob Kane. I said, Bob, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know, you know what. I'm just, you know, you've, you've handled every crisis in my life. How <laughs> to <telling, I> <laughs> handle this one? And he, you know, he was shocked and he just said, okay, okay. Um, are you doing the show tonight? And I said, I have to, of course. And he said, okay, okay. After the show, get on your bus and drive to Cleveland and I'll have everything taken care of because that's where he was living and he was, you know, somewhat at that time involved in the Cleveland Clinic. And so, it was through Bob's uh, guidance that I went to the Cleveland Clinic, and I, I have to tell you that every medical disaster I've had, you know, generally the, the fire and then the embers are kind of put out in, in Cleveland. They've just done an extraordinary job. You know, living now here in in Nashville, um, you know, Vanderbilt, uh, the Ingram Cancer Center I'm, I'm sure is phenomenal. Uh, uh, you know, right now I'm, I'm managing a pituitary brain tumor and, you know, the after effects of that. And I found an incredible endocrinologist here at, at Vanderbilt. So I mean, the, the, you know, the, the care I can get locally is really important. But again, my 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 heart and my soul are kind of you know, it will always be in Cleveland. Absolutely.
1: And I mean, just a renowned place though for for many other things as well. I mean, there was actually a, a an organ donor show that was on last year called Three Rivers, and it was based off of a doctor Gonzo Gonzalez from the Cleveland Clinic. Anyway, they're just it's a phenomenal place on on many levels um, so Scott connect the dots for us with your Scott Hamilton uh, initiative cares uh, Scott Hamilton cares initiative Cleveland Clinic Fourth Angel I mean this this all sort of falls under your Scott Hamilton cares initiative is that right yeah
2: you know it, it, when I survived when I got through you know my my treatments and my surgery and everything else and I was starting my life anew um, I just really felt a sense of gratitude. Uh, and I also felt a sense of opportunity and obligation, um, because I realized that there were holes or gaps in the cancer community that really needed to be filled and one of them was I, I felt the mentorship the peer support with Fourth Angel, um and and the other was um internet information. I mean when I went online to get information uh about testicular cancer, it was all medical journal stuff. And I thought either I'm really sick or I'm really stupid. <laughs> and then I decided that maybe not being that smart was kind of okay. <laughs> but, you know, being really sick wasn't. So I prefer to think that I wasn't, you know, as sharp as I should be. But I decided that, you know, I'm not the only one out there that has trouble navigating medical journal, you know, write-ups. So we um, worked together. We we got an incredible oncology nurse and a lot of their oncologists and a lot of peer support uh, or peer review, I should say, um, for chemocare.com. And it's a one-stop. Uh, destination for anything you need to know about chemotherapy, how it's administered, um, you know what the drugs are, how they work, um, how they work together, um, you know managing side effects, and it's just an extraordinary website. And it's now become uh, a, a resource for a lot of oncology nurses to give that information to patients that want to look, know a little bit more about their disease in, in a language, or right now to Spanish that they can understand. So a lot of it was me wanting to give back to the cancer community, knowing that. It, it saved my life, and that there there were things that I felt I could do in the cancer community that I didn't really feel um, were getting done in a in a big enough way or in a personal enough way. And right. so the CARES, the CARES stands for the Cancer Alliance for Research, Education, Survivorship, and CARES for the last, oh, my goodness, um, I guess 12 years has just been growing and growing and growing, and, and I'm really proud to say that... Uh, the new director of um, uh, the Toxic Cancer Center at the Cleveland Clinic um, really wants to use the CARES initiative as a, a you know, a, a focal point for a lot of um, what they want to do as a cancer center.
1: That's great. And that's at scottcares.org. We'll put that up in the chat room if that's not. Kenny Kane can put that in there, scottcares.org, as well as the Fourth Angel we've got in there. You know, and, and uh, Scott obviously has a terrific sense of humor. I read, actually, that you... When you were in the hospital, um, I think it was with. Do you read? Occasionally. Okay. I've been known to. All right. Not frequently. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) when there's really nothing on TV, you have to tell me these things. I'm forced to read. Uh, that you, when you were in the hospital and I, I, I actually can't recall if it was for the, the brain tumor and which I actually want to talk more about that or, or when you had the cancer but one of your good friends uh, from Nashville's Brad Paisley and he and his yes. wife Kim Williams came to visit you and you had a bandage around your head with ketchup on it that you had put on as a little <laughs> yeah. little, little yeah. hospital practical joke little humor well humor there. Well
2: Brad's a practical joker and if I didn't do anything I, I would have felt like it was an opportunity missed but the problem <laughs> was I did, my nurse Mary got me this bandage and she, we got ketchup and we soaked it and it was really really gory looking right <laughs> and so I get the text that they're on their way up right oh, okay so I get the bandage on and I'm wrapping up as best I can and I look and I could just see through a little bit of the gauze and somebody walked into the room and said <gasps> went <"What> like that <laughs> and I realized that wait that doesn't look like Brad or Kim and I pulled up the bandage, and it was my endovascular surgeon. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and, and he was, the, the look on his face and all the color went out of his face. It's like, what happened? I left you, what, not an hour ago, and you were fine. Oh, my gosh. So, Can you imagine
1: if he would have, like, rushed you to the OR or something with the ketchup? <laughs> nice. Nice.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, so they came in, and Brad looked at me, and he got oh, Funny. Real funny. Nice. <laughs> well, at least
0: I got him a little bit. So. Question for uh, Aaron and Trent: Do you have you encountered patients who do not want to take advantage of Fourth Angel? What?
6: No, well? I, I have
0: not. <laughs> I'm just curious. Well, I, like, oh, leave you, me alone. You, you mean in
1: the sense that people just don't want or aren't ready to open up or right, don't right, right. share or yeah. just feel like they want to retreat or is that something Cry that you shower. try to cultivate right. out of them or you just say, okay, it's not your time yeah, yet. Well, what
0: Lisa said. We'll
1: leave you alone.
4: Well, generally the patients are referred to us, so we're we're talking with them because they've requested a mentor. Right. Uh, oh, okay. We're not approaching them.
1: They right. haven't been handcuffed and dragged to their own, you know. Although yeah.
4: I will say I used to... After, shortly after my transplant, I volunteered in the bone marrow transplant ward of another hospital, where I would just kind of walk around and, and talk to patients. And, and yeah, there were patients who, who didn't, who just weren't, weren't up for it. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's definitely a, a time when you just want to retreat.
0: So this is a young adult show. It's about young adults and what we go through and why we're unique and why it matters and why our voice should be heard. I want to hear from you guys. Because we always like to highlight the fact that most young adults are either misdiagnosed or told come back in six months or there's nothing wrong with you or you're going to be fine, or you know whatever. Um, I'd I'd love to make the point if it's relevant, you know, to hear from you guys. And I was misdiagnosed for six months. Lisa, you were misdiagnosed for how long?
1: Well, I would say that I was told nothing, nothing, so I went back after a year.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, uh, were you were you told come back? It's nothing.
4: Uh I was diagnosed in the emergency room at stage 4B. So now they knew. They knew right away. Okay. You know? Well, that's I a mean, good place I was, to
0: get diagnosed again. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, I was diagnosed and, and I never went back to my job. So well,
0: What was your job?
4: I I had just started my first job at a at a large insurance company actually. And actually, I was diagnosed six days after my health insurance started, so so I lucked out in that respect.
0: Six days after? Nicely, after. nicely done. ka Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well done. A couple
4: hundred thousand dollars later, that really paid off. Yeah.
0: yeah. Wow. And Trent?
6: Yeah, I was basically told to take two Advil and call the guy in, uh, <laughs> in a month. <laughs> and the pain was just so bad that I ended up going back, and luckily the second doctor that I saw caught it, and... Abdom- abdominal
1: abdominal pain like Scott had.
6: Actually, I had back pain, lower right a back, pain. Pain, which was a, a tumor pressing on the kidney. Huh.
0: Ah, yeah, I'm well. surprised I didn't offer your robot. Tussin. Right,
6: exactly.
2: <laughs>
0: now, Scott, <laughs> Scott, you were like 37 or 38 when you were diagnosed, right?
2: 38, yeah.
0: And were you you had symptoms on the road?
2: Yeah, I was <laughs> just on the road, but the you know the testicular cancer diagnosis um, that went. Uh, pretty well. I mean, Bob had definitely, you know, rang all the right phones and, you know, he circled the wagons really well. So I had, you know, a really great team of doctors looking at me from, you know, day one that I arrived in Cleveland. It was the brain tumor. Now, that was one that, you know, that that took a little while because I went in um, because I was feeling really lethargic and, and just passionless. And I and they said, well, go in and, you know, give some blood and we'll see if that, you know, that's a good place to start. So I went in and they said, ah, you have practically no testosterone um, you know, detected, we'll just put you on a gel. It's probably just an after-effect of your you know, testicular cancer, and, and you'll be fine in a few weeks. And um, I, I just wouldn't take that for an answer, and so I went in and I just sort of did an inquisition to my urologist. And and uh, when I gave him one of my symptoms, he said, let's do a head scan, and they found the, the tumor. But I have to feel that if I hadn't been so insistent and such right. a nudge that I, I they, they – you know, I probably would have, you know, gone a few more months and suffered greatly. And I might have even, you know, it might have even affected my vision even more than it was.
1: Right, because um, you d- you, you've lost safe. some some partial vision in one of your eyes. Is that right?
2: Yeah, that was kind of a bummer. We were. I thought I was going to get out of there like, you know, Keanu Reeves and you know, the, you know those movies where he's dodging all the bullets and everything. <laughs> and 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 I was really doing great. And you know, the 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 first surgery, there's a, a complication from that where they just might. You know, just barely nicked an artery um, when they were taking the tumor out. Right. They did it transparently through my nose, and they just, just nicked, just barely on the way in, they nicked the ophthalmic artery, and, mm. and it turned into an aneurysm, right. and uh, not a good one. One of those ones that if it blows up, it's, you know, it's like, you know, really brutal, and so they kept trying to figure out how they could obliterate the aneurysm, and it was just one thing after another after another after another. and so it turned into like um, one surgery treated like nine, you know. Wow. Um, and and you know it was good. I mean, miraculously, they could do so many things now that they probably couldn't do, be, you know, in years past. I mean, when when you've got an aneurysm now, they can they can take care of it, you know, coiling it, just all on the inside, you know. They can do it all, um, you know, through an angiogram, and it's it's pretty unbelievable what they can do now. But it's still you know frightening and it's still risky and there's a lot of things there. But they're 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 so many capable doctors out there right now that can do miraculous things. It's just, it boggles my mind.
1: Yeah, and so how does that affect your daily life now, Scott, in terms of, it's particularly with the loss of vision, skating, driving, how does that How does that affect you?
2: Well, I, I'm okay to drive. I'm just saying that in case there's anybody here in Nashville that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to park in their car because they Uh-oh. know I'm going to go off
1: Here comes here Hamilton. Something. Right. I uh, know, <laughs> but he's,
2: um... It's just i got to think a little bit um, during the day especially. The the parts of my eye that um, have been damaged, they glow a little bit in in sunlight, so it messes up my um, depth perception. So I have to wear sunglasses pretty much all the time uh, during the day. And I really, when I'm playing football with my son, I really have to pay close attention, you know, as far as um, depth perception and judgment of when the ball is going to get there, you know. And and so just little things like that that are, you know, just sort of a, a transition Type of thing because I know that the eyes, you know, it's gotten better, but I don't think it's going to get much better. And it's just, it's just got to learn how to talk to my other eye, and then I'll be fine. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are doing well, you know, with just partial vision in one eye. So I'm very fortunate that I have great vision in one and, you know, limited vision in the other. But they, they seem to be okay.
1: So what's 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 next for you? Where can we see you? You're Blades also of Glory a- Two.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been waiting for that call. Oh, I've been waiting for that call. <laughs> <laughs> That would be awesome. That was just one of the greatest things ever. Well, um, ice is better than ice castles. Pretty that oh ice. yeah, way better than ice castles. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: Blades of Glory too, yeah, brother. Know. Blades, Blades of Glory too.
2: Well, you know, it's funny is I always when we were on the red carpet or the blue carpet, actually for Blades of Glory, you know, we're going around and um, you know, they were people were you know joking about you know me going being a broadcaster or whatever, and then doing this movie. And they go, what's next for you? And you know, one answer I gave was, I'm doing a, a gladiator movie next. Um, <laughs> you know, it's really you know, five foot <laughs> four. You know, a little gut. I'm doing. It. And then the other one was, well, you know, I'm going to wait for Brad Pitt to slow down a little bit, then I'm going to jump in and take his spot. And then I read um, last week or the week before that he's going to retire from acting. So I guess I'm not going to have to wait that much longer. There you right? go. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, your yeah. in. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. Well, yeah, perfect. I'm going to be a, a major motion picture you you're, know, you're movie You're locked,
0: locked and loaded, ready to go.
1: <laughs> well, you guys should all
2: you guys should
0: all come to Vegas for the... For yeah! The,
2: why?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just for the hell of it. Just for the hell of it. No. Our, our big OMG summit, 500 yeah. or so young adult survivors and all sorts of experts, and uh, Will Reiser, who's the... Uh, I don't know if you saw the recent movie or heard about it, 50-50, with Seth Rogen... Uh, yeah. Will Riser wrote the screenplay. It's based on his life, having a tumor in his spine. He's uh, Seth's best friend and the screenwriter. He's won all won all kinds of awards for that. He'll be he'll be there. And uh, Wendell Potter is the big insurance company whistleblower. And anyway, and we'll be in Vegas. What Aaron, so, a, so, Aaron you weren't
0: working for Wendell Potter's it's insurance March, company. No, March
1: no, no, 30, not that one. No, March thirtieth, thirty uh, first, and April first,
0: two thousand twelve. Wow. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. So I it's would say the Fourth great. Angel
0: Mentor Clan should trek out yeah. to Vegas in the Muppet Bus. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and we're just gonna, you know, just hang a shingle and say, "We'll mentor you. Come on in. Exactly. We'll mentor you. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Or we'll just
2: recruit. You know, we need. We want you as a survivor. We want you to be a Fourth Angel Mentor. It's a great program. It well, really we'll definitely. I'm we'll so definitely, happy that... You brought us on to talk about it because it really needs you know it, as much as it's in thirty six states now it really needs you know to, to you know a bigger light uh shown on it because it's just a great program and it needs to be everywhere
0: but it's setting a precedent. I hope it gets adopted by many, many hospitals, and it's something that everyone needs to recognize because what we say at the end of the day is that it you know remission is not a cure, and that you have to survive the way that you can, but you're entitled to know that there are resources out there for you that can help you get busy living. And finding that age-appropriate peer support that you don't know you you can get could be the most transformative moment of your survivorship.
2: That's great. Well said, well said. (laughs) I
0: get paid to do this, buddy.
2: (laughs) Not much,
0: but a little Not bit. Not much, Just a little bit. A couple they, of they pay me in raising it. Cab fare, yeah. No. <laughs> so
1: we'll chat you up at the summit. If we don't see you this year, we'll uh, we should do a special Fourth Angel program at uh,
0: 2013.
1: Make no. sure it's we're in all uh, 50 states. Well,
0: you guys should definitely be in like exhibit. If you have a budget yeah. to exhibit, which it's insanely inexpensive to exhibit. But we'd love to have you there if at all. And we can follow up with you offline. But this has been a great show. We're ex- really excited to have you here. Um, Cleveland Clinic is winning all these awards. And um, this is just good stuff all around.
1: FourthAngel.org and ScottCare's.
0: Yes. Org, right? Org. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, Aaron Shaw, Trent Thomas, and the legendary Scott Hamilton. Thank you for both. Bull, thank you for all three of you. All three. Being, I'm drinking way too much tonight for being on the Stupid <laughs> Cancer Show, guys. Have a great holiday season.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you all. Thank, thank you, Thank you. Scott, thank you. All right. All righty. Trent Thomas, Aaron Shaw, and
0: the one and only Scott
1: Got Hamilton.
0: Blaze of Glory 2, Blaze of Glory 2. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I had to go to IMDb because I was fairly sure that he was... Yeah, yeah that, that, was, in that, that was a good call. I just forgot the name of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, so he was in there. Blades of Glory 2. No, awesome. He's, he's, a,
1: he's a cool a guy. A win,
0: small win for me.
1: <laughs> small win for me. Nicely done, Matthew.
0: Well, we have the opportunity to have one more song, an encore presentation from
3: Charlie Lussman. He's going
0: to play us out. He's going to play us out. Let's get to the chorus first, then we'll do the outro. Cool.
3: And please, next year, 2012, we're going to hit 40 cities with Made Me Nuclear. Terrific. So I'd love to blasting in new york and do something with you guys most of them are going to be held as fundraisers so we're going to do the opera and raise some money for grassroots cancer organizations that are doing great work like you guys here in manhattan and well, we, like that yeah. we like idea made that. is how people all right Charlie find pre- us. prepare to activate and they shot me they made me nuclear and they told me it wouldn't make me glow whoa Yes, they proudly radiated me Cause they want to see right through my bones They took me down a hallway floor It looked just like a psycho ward Well, it was underneath the hospital Like a bomb shelter And there I was in a movie scene Right in front of a time machine H.G. Wells would sure be proud Cause they shot me They made me nuclear and they told me that it wouldn't make me go oh, yes, they proudly radiated me, cause they want to see right through my bones, and then they promised me when I got home, oh, that I wouldn't feel a thing they scanned, but I could light a light bulb in my hand,
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. There
3: That's you go. That's good stuff right there. That's
1: funny. Oh. He ended on a punch line <laughs> well, you know, light bulb punchline there. Oh, yeah. true. light of light bulb in his hand.
3: Yeah, Christmas is coming in. You know, It'll light me up. It'll <laughs> me here. up. Yeah. All right. Thanks well, for having me on the show. Thanks, really appreciate Charlie. it. Thanks so much. All right. So we'll we'll check, check it out doing. here with the uh, closing sequence. to activate. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets.
0: You ever seen a grown man naked? And so,
2: to all of you, a fond farewell. Hooray, I'm helping. You are a meathead. Oh, Magoo, you've done it again. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. All
1: right, everybody, that is tonight's show, our
0: 208th broadcast. We hope you had as much fun as we did, poking a stick at stupid
2: cancer. We'd
0: like to thank our in-studio guests, the one and only Charlie Lussman, Kenny Kane, James Manning, Scott Hamilton, Aaron Shaw, Trent Thomas from the Cleveland Clinic. All right, everybody, join us next
1: week topic is power bloggers you want to blog find out how to do it what it's all about joining us emily cousins young adult breast cancer survivor She's a writer, editor, and blogger on our very own Stupid Cancer blog. And the fabulous Carol Rosenthal. You know her and you love her, former co-host of the Stupid Cancer show. Young adult survivor of thyroid cancer, author of Everything Changes, the Insider's Guide to Cancer in Your 20s and 30s. And she's a champion blogger at EverythingChangesBook.com. In our spotlight next week, Pam Cromwell. She's a young adult survivor, a young adult fighter of breast cancer, and the founder
0: of Pink for Pam. If you've missed any of our past shows, all 207 of them, download them all for free anytime on iTunes at itunes.stupidcancer.com or check out the archives at stupidcancershow.com. Remember, folks, if it ain't stupid, it ain't cancer. Live from the chemo deck, on behalf of Lisa Bernhardt, myself, and our whole team here at the Stupid Cancer Show, have a great week. One, two, three, four. Good night, everybody. I timed it. I timed it. <laughs> nice. I timed it. Epic win. And you even got the
1: hand going like a rapper. Have a great week, folks. Good night.